Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the election with a a renowned astrologer. Our election is tomorrow, November the 6th, November the 7th. And uh, November the 6th. November the 6th, you were right. Thank you. Our renowned guest is Chris Flisher, who was recently voted one of the top 10 astrologers. He's an accomplished artist, teacher, speaker, writer, and radio talk show host. He has on this deep knowledge of astrology to create soul maps as well in healing as well as healing mandalas. And today we're really going to focus on what he sees through the numbers and through the charts for our election tomorrow. Welcome, Chris. Well, yeah, thank you very much, Patricia. It's a, um, it's quite a mix of uh, stuff out there. I have to say, those of people who understand astrology realize, and you don't really have to be that versed in astrology to understand that we're in a very, very difficult time to have an election of this type. This is obviously, you know, a, an enormous event, not only for the United States, but for the world, because so much of the world's economy and, um, you know, interchange and dialogue happens through the United States, through, for better or for worse, it just does happen. And this election will determine the fate of the United States for the next, for our our current course. And it's radically defined, differentiated in some ways, because we've got such two diverse paths ahead of us. And what's the problem with the astrology at this point in time is that we are entering into a period what's known as Mercury retrograde. Mercury goes into retrograde motion. It's called at the station, which is the most critical point in time, which is that it appears to go backwards. It doesn't literally go backwards. That's a big misconception, but it appears to go backwards from us on Earth. And so since Mercury represents the planet of communication, almost invariably things such as uh, mechanical problems, communication problems, any sort of investigation goes awry. Things tend to break down. So when we have a huge election that involves mechanical voting machines, communications, tallying votes, you couldn't have asked for a more complicated alignment at this time. And there's two ways of looking at it. What's most important about retrograde is that you always incorporate the word or the prefix RE. So does that mean we revisit this election? Do we re-elect? Do we reject? Do we re, you know, rethink how we're going? All of those RE words tend to be brought into light at this point in time. But having this planet go retrograde means I think that we're not going to know the results for quite some time, and there's going to be all sorts of voter fraud and, you know, much like we had in the year 2000, in the year 2000 with George Bush, George W. Bush and Al Gore. So it's really quite a complicated uh, situation. But the most important thing people can do is to at least get out there and cast their votes. That is critical. And uh, since it's, it's, it's such a critical situation right now, it's important that we have this opportunity to um, use the alignment to state our case. And what has happened, I think people don't understand about astrology, that it really is a window into the operations and the cycles that are repetitive in the planet and the universe. When we have repetitive cycles, we see similar themes reoccurring. 
A perfect example of that is where the planets are at times in the past, and when they recur in those times in, the, in our present day, we oh, see that. similar themes. And the themes that we see, we saw back, so back in 19, um, 1929, the planet Uranus was in Aries, and we entered into the Great Depression. And Uranus was the leading channel and leading event, leading planet leading into that event. Here we are 84 years later, Uranus is back in that same position, and we have a very similar theme. We saw the restructure of the banks on Wall Street, and we saw enormous, um, you know, revamping of all of those major structures. It's not that the events actually happen exactly the same as they did the first time, but that the theme is present. So if the economy and money were the theme back in the Depression, economy and money are the theme again today. So we are revisiting this. Now, as evolution happens... So, Chris, what, so what you're saying is history is repeating itself. History is repeating itself. The theme is repeating itself. It doesn't mean that the outcome will be the same. This is very much what this is where the, one of the biggest misconceptions of astrology is, is that the same thing will happen. What we would like to see happen and what we should see happening through an evolutionary process is that we have learned from our first mistake, which was 1929, and we avoided the second time, which we have in some ways. I mean, the TARP um, the bailout was a major, uh, you know, uh, substantial rebuilding of the financial institutions, whether it was fair or not, is not a topic we can get into now. But the fact that that theme was there in the past and is back again is really what is most important, because this validates the cyclical nature of what astrology is all about. Okay, so now, am I allowed to ask you a prediction? You know everybody wants to know that, but that's, uh, everyone's asking, you know, what do you think? Who's going to win? Well, I think that there's a lot of data out there, and the way this is we would be interpreted would be you would look at the individual astrology charts of both candidates, and then you look at the individual astrology chart for the United States. Now, the United States, believe it or not, has its own chart, just the way you or I do when we go to see our favorite astrologer, who is who we know. But what we do is that the United States has its own set of, of parameters which allow it to have its own chart so it does have a personality and that chart is based on July 4th 1776 at 5 10 p.m. in Philadelphia PA when the Declaration of Independence was signed that is the signature point for the United States and that gives us the United States chart so when we look at the charts of Barack Obama in 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 conjunction with the states of the United States or we look at the chart of the of Mitt Romney in conjunction with the state of the United States the chart of the United States we see what I would consider to be a fairly significant leader and I do think it's going to go to Obama I think Thank that there is a I do yeah um I think it's going to be a tight race. I think there's going to be a lot of, 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 of legal issues. We may not know the answer for quite some time. It may even come down to the Supreme Court. I even had this conversation with somebody the other day. Can you imagine if, if the Supreme Court vote came down to Clarence Thomas, for example, where he had to either take his conservative views or fall into the line of, of the racial issue? What would that be like for him as, as a person? Or will it come down to John Roberts, the, the, Supreme, the, you know, the Supreme Court Justice? All of these things could happen. It's going to be a very tight race, I believe. I believe the country is very, very diversified. But what we've seen over the last several years is we've seen a much bigger swing in the type of voter that we have. The problem is that the type of voter who may be more inclined to vote Democratic may be thwarted in getting to the polls because of natural disasters, you know, the inability to get there, any number of things. So there is a much larger minority vote in the national populace than there ever has before. Mm-hmm. It actually is shifting. All right, so here, here's, now this is an interesting question I'm going to ask you. Let's, let's look at the positives here. 
if Obama gets in, according to the chart, what do you see that he will do that will help our country? And I'm going to ask you the same question about Romney. Okay, I think if he gets in, I think we'll be able to continue on a pathway that allows the the, uh, the economy and the country to expand in a very forward motion. I think that we are going to return our troops back to the United States. I think we're going to start rebuilding our country. We're going to bring all of that external stuff that we've been throwing out into the world over the past 30, 40, 50 years, ever since Eisenhower, for that matter, all of that aggression that we've been pushing out, we are now going to turn back and bring it into ourselves where we repair our bridges, repair our schools, we rebuild our infrastructure and become the strong, nurturing cancer country that we are. We are a cancer. So cancer is a maternal, giving kind of country, and that's what we are. And, and until we get re-nourished, just the way, you know, when you're on the airplane and they always say, put the face mask on yourself first and then put on your child, we are in the same situation. We need to be revitalized, reborn, so that we can then go back out and help others. We are too fractured right now. And I think that's the biggest benefit that, that a, uh, a Democratic um, uh, presidential uh, win would bring to the country. Now, with regard right. to the Republicans... All right, now let's look, right, let's look at Republican and Romney. Yeah, I think what would happen is that would, would be a return to the Bush-era type of mentality where it's much more based on the military-industrial complex. I think they'll, they'll increase the Pentagon budget. I think they'll go after because there's an addiction to this military-industrial war, uh, war mm. and world that we have become accustomed to, and we have to wean ourselves. This is the difficult challenge right now. We are weaning ourselves and building a new economy based on a much different kind of war. And the war actually now is a war in the economy uh, environment. We need to bring our resources and our brain power back so that we can protect this planet rather than infighting. This is like the time to, you know, this is the time to fix the house because the house does have holes in it and it is leaking. The roof is leaking. So what do you see as the advantages if, if we have that scenario? In, if the if the Republicans are elected, yeah, I think yeah. that people there. I think that there's a possibility that they may get some jobs, but the jobs will be based on on military. There'll be people building, you know, you know, battleships. There'll be people building weapons, which ultimately will not serve us. I think what the universe is asking us to do is take the hard angle now, get the work done, turn that corner, and fight the good fight, which is the fight of the environment. Put down your guns. Move on. We need to enter into a new environment. We are entering into a maternal age. The, 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 the divine feminine is the age which we need to embrace and put down that paternalistic, you know, warlike structure of the male, which has been the dominant theory, has been the dominant predicament you know, of this last century or so. Mm. So it really so is an embracing what, of the feminine. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, what do you say to listeners today, and this is the day before the election. Some people listen online after the election and, you know, on demand. But for those listening today, Chris, a lot of people are anxious. I mean, this is an anxious state. What do you say to folks? Because it can go either way. Where's the hope, I guess, is the question. Well, I would say that we have to be mature in our approach here. We have to take the 10,000-foot view. We have to look down and say, do we go back to the days where we are taxing the wealthy and we had this military-industrial complex, or are we done with that? Are we mad enough? Are we, are we, are we you know, doing enough backbone to say enough of that is enough? The time to move forward is into a much more peace-like 
cooperative, tribal, resource-sharing kind of environment. You know, I always use this analogy. We need to share more. We are not sharing. You go to any American town in any American city, you see seven houses in a street. Each of those houses has a lawnmower, yet they use that lawnmower one day a week. If we take that same scenario and use one lawnmower for seven houses, we would have fewer resources and we would be able to share and share like this is where and, and it's, it's through unity that we have strength. Unity yeah. builds strength. It does not what, come through division. And I think that this, Go ahead, but what's interesting to me about what you just said is that does happen, but it happens after a crisis, after a hurricane, after a power outage, after a storm, as we've seen. That's when it happens, unfortunately. That's yes, when because, unity happens. Yes. Yes, crisis comes, crisis builds creativity, crisis builds progress. This is what happens. If, it, if the roof were not leaking, we would not fix it, but the roof is literally leaking, so we have yeah. to get out and fix it. We have no choice. Events come our way. People die, hurricanes hit, you know, cities get wiped out. When that happens, then we respond. It is a major wake-up call from nature saying, listen, guys, take care of your planet now. Mm-hmm. And I think, so that it's, I think that the democratic approach is the approach of us. Let's all band together. We are only as strong as our weakest link, whereas the trickle-down me sort of philosophy of the Republican Party, I think, prevents that from happening because it's sort of everybody out for themselves, you know. And just the simple word, trickle, to me, is insufficient because we don't need a trickle. These, these, these communities that are suffering as a result of sanity don't need a trickle of aid. They need a waterfall of aid right now. So trickle-down economics don't really work. What would we do in a privatized environment? Would the satellites be up in the sky saying that the hurricane is going to come, or would, there, or would the satellites be up in the sky saying, well, there may be a hurricane coming, and we'll tell you, but we're going to charge you for it? Exactly. Or, All right, now... Now, what we're going to do is, you know, you're such a wealth of information, and I want to have you on again so that we can talk about individual charts. People may want to call in with their own individual questions. But what do you, what is your, what are your closing thoughts for all of us now that the election's upon us and for our future? I think we have an enormous decision to make, and I think that the world and the universe is asking us to grow up and bite the bullet. <laughs> Take the suffering hit that may come from the economy or whatever we're going through and get away from this military-industrial complex. We are addicted to it, and we need to stop it. We need to bring our resources back home and nurture our own country. This is where we need to put our healing. All right. How can people find you if they would like to do a reading with you or classes? You do so many things. You're an artist. You create mandalas. You have lots of courses. You teach people how to do astrology. Explain all that. Well, I mean, I'm always available. The best way to contact me is through my website. My website is, is www.chrisflisher, or you can get there also from www.turningofthewheel.com. Both of those will get you there. Um, I'm on a lot of astrology sites. If you just search on astrology and my name, and my last name is Flisher. It's F is in Frank, L-I-S-H-E-R. And you can just do Google me, and you'll see me all over the place. I'm pretty well known out there. And, um, you know, Turning of the Wheel is the name of my radio show. If you search on that, you'll also come to me. And that's the best way to find me is through email. I have a newsletter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. So, Yes, and you teach classes. You teach mandala workshops, astrology yeah, classes. I teach, uh, yeah, I teach astrology and mandala classes. And mandalas are a very, art, it's an artistic healing form, which is very enlightening and helps people really discover who they are and where they're going. When you combine that with astrology, you've got a great wealth of information that's very, very uh, helpful for healing. 
Thank you so much, Chris. It's, it's Thank been you, wonderful to have you on. Yeah, so chrisflisher.com, F-L-I-S-H-E-R.com. All right, Chris, we're going to have you on again, and thanks so much for being on voiceamerica.com. Thank you very much, Patricia. I hope to speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks, then next up, uh, almost in the same breath, we're going to bring on our second guest, who I'm very excited about interviewing today. And uh, we're going to take a very, very quick break, uh, and then we're going to come right back with Ariel and Shia Kane. And they're going to talk to us about relationships. What are relationships? And how do you keep your relationships together? And uh, they have some wonderful books. Uh, Match Made in Heaven is one of their books, and we're going to be talking about that. You're listening to Patricia Rackman, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a homeowner who's trying to save on energy bills and go green at the same time? Tune into Energy Saving in the Home, brought to you by 521 Compressor Saver and Home Energy Consultants with host Gary Parr and Dennis Seltzer. They have saved homeowners just like you as much as 65% on energy bills through energy efficiency practices. You'll learn about conservation, products, and services to reduce energy consumption and save you money. Be sure to listen to Energy Saving in the Home, live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play, on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety, and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And we have, and we have with us on the phone, Ariel Jaya Kane. And they are with us and are, they are the authors of How to Have a Mass Made in Heaven, a transformational approach to dating, relating, and marriage. Uh, Ariel and Shaya, are you on with us? We are. Yes, indeed. Happy to be here. All right. All right. Let's tell the audience about you. Uh, You are award-winning authors and internationally acclaimed consultants and seminar leaders whose transformational approach allows people to discover satisfaction and increase productivity in all areas of their lives without working on their problems. Now, how do you do that? How do you help people solve their problems without working on them? I'd love to know that. Well, we'll tell you. You know, it really starts, Patricia by letting go of 
you see, your mind can only handle one thing at a time. So if you're busy working on your problems, that's what you will continue working on. And what we've discovered, oddly enough, is an epiphany Shia had more than 25 years ago where he stopped picking on himself in his thoughts. And in that moment, our entire lives transformed because, as you know, you definitely pick on your partner the same way you pick on you. Because he, so he stopped picking on me as well in his thoughts, and uh, it was an instantaneous transformation. So my question to Shia was, uh, when you say you don't work on the problem, talk about that a little bit again. Do you, uh, because I lost signal as well. I see. Uh, we were saying that no two things can occupy the same moment at the same time. And you can either be working on your problems, which keeps them alive and fed, or you can get engaged in what's happening in your life in the current moment that isn't based on your past, and the past loses its power over your life. Mm. Okay. So, so if somebody... Uh, was working on a relationship, and I mean, you, you've been together a long time and you really help people stay together and relate. If somebody's been in a relationship and they're having an issue, what's your first piece of advice to them? Well, the very first advice is to be kind to yourself. Because again, okay. just to reiterate, you know, how you treat yourself, you'll treat your partner. And then the second thing is to stop looking at your partner and look at you. Mm. Uh, we consider relationship to be a 100%, 100% deal, not a 50-50 deal. So in Shia's perspective... If there's anything going on in our relationship, I look at what I'm doing to produce that, not what mm-hmm. Ariel's doing to dramatize it. And Got it. ditto, back, back vice versa. And it's a little mm-hmm. challenging because most people like to think of it as a 50-50 deal and keep lists. But what we've discovered is if you can... Be it's like Velcro. You have hooks and fluff. You get rid of your hooks, their fluff doesn't grab, or you get rid of yeah. your fluff and there's nothing to hook yeah. to. So, so you look at, for example, let's say you say something that's you know that inflames the other person or upsets them. Then what you're saying is you look at why did I say that? Well, what made me say that? Correct? Not necessarily. Why did I say it? Ooh. That wasn't kind. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Got it. Yeah. You know, we're less interested in why and more interested in getting involved in what's actually happening. Why tends to be rather a psychological, like, I did this because. In a transformational approach, it's about the isness of something, getting interested in what is. Without mm-hmm. judging what you discover. See, most people are very harsh with themselves, if they do something wrong, they complain to themselves about it in their thoughts as though their thoughts are them. And mm-hmm. if, they, if you treat yourself harshly, you're going to treat anybody who's stupid enough to be in a relationship <laughs> with you the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that comes back to your point, Shia, of being kind to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, if I'm picking on me for everything I do that is, quote, wrong, then I'm going to certainly pick on anybody in my vicinity for doing things, quote, wrong. And since Mm -hmm. Ariel and I have been together 30 years Mm -hmm. and counting, 
uh, and leading workshops together, but more than 25 now. Uh, hmm. I don't know if it cut out, but Ariel mentioned something uh, that I had had this epiphany 25 years ago, and that was that I couldn't be different than I was in the current moment of my life. And when I saw that, I realized I couldn't be different in any moment of my life. And that's when I stopped picking on myself, and by extension, I stopped picking on Ariel. Mm. Right. So it's not so much... It's not so much looking for the psychological and the pathology. It's more understanding what you do in the moment. Well, it's more giving yourself the space to be okay being you the way you are in the current moment of your life because, in fact, you can't be different than you are in the current moment of your life. That doesn't mean in the future you can't be different, but in the current moment, this moment, you can only be on the phone with us because you are. You know, there are three real basic principles to instantaneous transformation, which is the basis of our approach. And the first is a law of physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So anything mm-hmm. about the way you relate that you resist will persist. It'll grow stronger. It'll dominate your life and your relationship. It'll dominate your experience of yourself. And, and that's why people have these recurring upsets that never seem to go away or problems that show up in different people, you know, like they have a different boyfriend with the same body. Or They're, different body, different body, body same person. It's, Basically, they pick the same personality types over mm-hmm. and over. Because if you mm-hmm. resist something, you persist that. And then the second one is the one that Shai was talking about, that where you realize you can only be exactly as you are in any given moment. And when you really get that, you don't have to go back and analyze what you did in the past or be mm-hmm. hard on yourself or regret or shame or guilt. Well, if you, if you can't be different than you are in the current moment of now, and that happens in, an, in the blink of an eye, uh, then you couldn't have been different in any, in any previous moment. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, maybe it's time to be nice to yourself for mm-hmm. doing whatever you did and the standards that you lived to were basically imposed on you anyway by the people who didn't keep up to those standards themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the third very, idea is just very different way. Go ahead. It's, it's a different way of looking at it, really. It takes, it takes blame and shame out. It takes a lot of psychoanalysis analysts out of this. It takes a lot of that away. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right, Patricia. And the third idea is the transformational one also. It's an awareness one. It's anything you see in a non-judgmental manner. You just simply see it without adding anything for or against it completes itself in the instant you see it. And you never have to do it again. It's yeah. like you're walking down the street and you wonder why you find yourself on the ground. And then you n- discover there's such a thing called a curb and you never fall again because you mm-hmm. see it. and it's You know to pick up your feet. Right. Now, I have, a, All right, I have a question for both of you that I really, you know, and I hear this and I, you have dealt with so many couples over the years and, you know, you're a long-term couple in terms of your relationship. You, so many times, first of all, we know 50 to 60% of, of relationships end in divorce. Okay, we know that. And, but there's the other 50% that don't. And there are couples that are happy and thriving. 
question is, can people maintain a positive relationship for all those years? And more importantly, can you maintain physical intimacy? We hear so many times, oh, 20, 30, 40 years, oh, it's over. We don't do that anymore. Talk about that. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it, you betcha you can maintain a, an intimate relationship. We have for 30 years, and I'm 72 years old. I'm, I'm 57. I'm 57. I got older all of a sudden. No, I'm 54. 54. <laughs> I just <laughs> aged me. Uh, it, it's uh, our relationship is very physically intimate and what there's a few things that really support that one we don't hold grudges yeah and we're honest with each other because you start holding secrets or you hold grudges and uh, aside from you're not going to want to give your partner the pleasure of pleasuring you your skin you know galvanic skin responses like like light in other words in other words when a couple's been married 30 40 years and there's no intimacy, and either she's straying or he's straying, and there's lots of secrets, but they stay together, and it looks beautiful, and they've got the gorgeous kids and the grandkids, then there's something still wrong. I'm just saying that there's very likely not the intimacy uh, that is showing publicly. It's very likely not the intimacy that they're experiencing in private. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your skin goes dead. You you start to feel less because you've got grudges, you've got withholdings, you you've got you're holding a piece of yourself back. But yet, but yet, and you hear this so often, Shia. So many of these couples will stay together, and and will you know then uh, transfer a lot of the emotions to the children and the grandchildren. Yes. But that's normal. You know, you said 50 to 60% of the relationships end in divorce. Yeah. Those are the ones that made it to marriage. Mm. Very few relationships make it to marriage. And of those that do, so there's something off in the way people communicate. Mostly, they're in survival, trying to get what they want, and they don't know about something called honesty, where you could actually be honest and say what you want or need and uh, not manipulate to get it. Mm. Why is that? Why Why aren't we honest? Are we afraid we'll be rejected? We're afraid of a no. We're afraid we'll be rejected. We'll be afraid what we ask for we won't get. And lots of partners train their partner uh, by threat of upset. Don't ask me because you won't like what you get back. And then over time, we train them not to be straightforward. And so, again, that's part of why, you know, if your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend is not being uh, straightforward with you, you might want to look at what you're doing or not doing that discourages them from being honest. All right, so give us some tips. Give us some tips to for the long-lasting relationship or the match made in heaven. Give us some tips. Well, listening. Really listen to your partner to hear what he or she has to say from his or her perspective. Let go of what you want to say or your perspective and simply hear what they have to say. That's a, a huge, 
huge building block. Another thing is to date. Sean and I have little dates all the time. We're actually sitting here by our wood stove having a little date while we're talking to you. There are intimate moments, not just date night. Mm-hmm. The, so that's but it, re- re- it requires being where you are. And most of us, see, look, our approach is really anthropological. And we've all been born into ongoing cultures, which we've taken on fully as our own. And we believe our thoughts to be true. And we believe what we think is the truth. And so it's a little difficult in a forward-thinking culture like we are all raised in to slow down enough to get into the current moment of our lives to be here for intimacy without thinking about something off in the future. Yeah, and the last thing is to practice surrendering to each other where you really like if you're going to be doing something and you say yes to it, you don't hold back in your mind and 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 you know, see if you really want to. If you're going to do something, do it full tilt, not with only one foot in. All right, question. What happens, and this happens a lot, when the children come and the grandchildren come? Somehow, many times what happens is one of the parents defers to the child or the grandchildren, and they become the center, and the spouse does not become the center as much, and they're not as intimate anymore. Address that, please. Well, you weren't as intimate to begin with. Because if you are intimate, you can maintain that intimacy and not blame it on a child or a grandchild. And, and kids are very good at divide and conquer. So the other thing is we often, uh, if a kid is acting up, we often talk to the parents about go and see what's happening between the two of you that the child is acting out. Get on the same page. It, it really makes a difference, even with teenagers, because they can really feel disharmony in a relationship. And it's a really novel way to approach child-rearing, where the two of you come first and uh, the child then feels a deep sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that all of these things I'm mentioning – Kids, grandkids, getting older, being together a lot. Oh, that has, those are excuses for really Except. having intimacy physically and emotionally. It, absolutely, they are excuses, but you've got to look at the uh, environment. If you've been doing things for years to punish your partner for not behaving the way you think he or she ought to behave, then you cannot expect that person to feel safe and comfortable enough to be intimate with you. Well, the other thing, too, is truthfully, as people age, they do have hormonal decline. Absolutely. But if that's something, if your sexual expression with each other is something that's important to you, there are alternatives that can support you in balancing the hormones. Mm-hmm. If not, then it becomes a good reason not to have sex because, phew, finally over with that. And it's got to it's got to do a lot with surrendering to your partner. See, I, Ariel and I have had this deal from our first date, second, second date. date, second date. That's thir- more than thirty years ago. If either one of us want to have sex, the other one 
have it be as though it were their idea in the first place. And goes about it with the intention to love the experience. Hmm. What if you're oh, not boy, in the mood? Oh, boy. Wait a second, Aria. Wait, wait a second, Shia. What if you're not in the mood? There, there is no moods. Got it. It, 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 it. If I want to have sex and Shia is in a mood, he's basically having a temper tantrum. So that, get over it. That's right. I have to get over it. But and the, I don't but mind. You, I see. So, so what you're saying is if your partner wants this, then you go along with it. But you no. go along with it as though it were your idea in the first place, not like their, not like you're their victim. Okay, let's go. <laughs> no, it's like if I make requests and he goes about it as if it's really his idea, and then of course there are moments where we might look at each other and go, you know what, I find you really attractive, but I'd really rather sleep tonight. You can negotiate, but it's not ever, ever a withholding for us. It's more looking Got to it. see what's appropriate. It's the way you approach it. It's the way you approach it. So, for example, if you didn't feel well, uh, Shia, you could say, you know, I really love you and it's a great idea. I'm just not feeling well right now. That's different, correct? That's true. But I have to tell you, but, one but, or the others have been known to get it together even not feeling yeah, well. Yeah, so not feeling well really isn't the thing. Sometimes we're just exhausted because we've been working very, very long days for weeks on end, and we just don't have the energy. But it's very, very rare. that. And if one of us is sick, really, truly ill, the other one wouldn't put a request upon them. Except mm-hmm. I have. All right. Well, we, <laughs> all right. This is this is very very rich and it's such an interesting interview. We have just a few minutes left, so it, what would you like people? What would you like people to get from this interview today? We have a few minutes left. What would you like? What What's your message? If you get I me, mean, you can you counsel thousands of people. What is your message? Fun. Have fun. Look, you cannot seriously get enlightened. Enlightenment, the middle word in enlightened is light, and people are way too serious about the stories of their lives as though those stories are the reality. Now, they can make it a reality by resisting and blaming, but in fact, you have ultimate power in your own life, and the power to have fun is... uh, To transform any serious relationship. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and what would you say, Shia, about that? What w- would be your main message? Aside, have fun. Ah, the uh, who's Shia? That's Shia. Uh, I'm, I, my main message. Uh, I'm Ariel. So my main message is uh, I did Shia about really having fun and being kind to yourself. Because if you're not being kind to yourself, you get real serious. If you're being kind to yourself, I mean, we just went through Hurricane Sandy. The conditions here are pretty dire all around us, but we are absolutely having fun. And and your advice to parents and grandparents, very involved with their children, about keeping your intimate relationship physically and emotionally and in, in all ways, what's your advice? I, that's a hard one because you've got people who have a lifetime of being nasty to each other and occasionally being nice 
and you're asking us to give you an answer that will suddenly miraculously transform a fight into kindness. I say get our book, How to Have a Match Made in Heaven. Really, it has videos of real people grappling with all these issues, including being parents and how to keep uh, their relationship and their sex life alive and what to do as you age and, and, and keep your sex. We're actually working with people. They're real-life uh, interactions with individuals and couples. We have, throughout our book, How to Have a Match Made in Heaven, we have links to videos. So we not only talk about it, people can actually go see the interview, go see the links, and actually see those moments when people's lives transform. And as you see that, you can see it's possible for you as well. That's that's really incredible. And you're both testimony to this. You've been married 30 years, and you're like on your honeymoon. Well, we've been married 28 years. But we've been together more than 30, and it is like being on our honeymoon. Uh, yeah, it is. Wonderful. All right, how can people find out about both of you, Ariel? Well, one last thing. We don't walk our talk. We talk our walk. We just explain how it is that we live. And they can find us at two places, TransformationMadeEasy.com. TransformationMadeEasy.com. And Transformation Made Easy on Facebook, Transformation Made Easy, E-Z, the letters E and Z are uh, how they have it on uh, YouTube, but it's okay. a full word on our website. And also, if they want to see a little video of us in the book, they can go to matchmadeinheavenbook.com. All right. And they can also look you up and Google you, R-E-L, A-R-I-E-L, and her uh-huh. husband, Shia, A-S-H-Y-A, Kane. Ariel and Shia Kane. And uh, you give workshops all over the country or where you are? We do. We're mainly uh, on the East Coast, but tomorrow we go do a West Coast book tour, and we're going to be in uh, San Francisco and San Jose and Seattle and Portland. So they can find our full schedule up on either TransformationMadeEasy.com or they can uh, on MatchMadeInHeavenBook.com under events. It'll show where we are in what city. I really want to thank you both. You're very inspirational. And you know what you're talking about doesn't sound hard. It's easy, but it's not easy to do. It's simple in a well, lot of ways, but not easy. Yeah, well, exactly. And we've... You know, we just, all of us, haven't had that many examples of people who've actually discovered how to have a relationship truly work. Ariel and I were lucky enough to discover that. And it would, for years, we worked on ourselves prior to that discovery, and it was really difficult. Now it's become easy, and it's easy for other people as well. Thank you so much, both of you. I want to have you come on the program again. Really great. Oh, thanks. Thanks. We'd love to. Thank, Thank you. All right, folks. And remember, I'll log on to transformationmadeeasy.com. Thanks a lot, Ariel and Shia. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. See you next week. Bye for now.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.